Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Have something to say? We'll answer the phone. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook. Better odds and favorable prices. The upset 21-20 over the number one ranked team in the AFC last season, the Tennessee Titans. An upset win. Brian Dable gets his first win and the game ball as Giants head coach. Uh, to talk about it and to get a little behind-the-scenes flavor, we bring in longtime sports columnist in our area, Steve Politi from the ledger NJ.com, does a fantastic job. Hey, Steve, how are you? I'm great, Lori. How you doing? I'm doing well. You know, Steve, I'm curious about how many, you know, new head coaches have you seen over your time kind of come and go here with the Jets and Giants? (laughs) I I don't think I could possibly come up with a number. Okay, uh, a lot. (laughs) Too many, yeah. I mean, it's been four and seven years with the Giants alone. So if you you do the math and the Jets, holy cow, yeah, too many. Okay, so... I guess I want to know, you know, this is just one win, and as Bill Parcells would always tell us, don't put anybody in Canton yet, but what does this win mean in terms of Giants fans, the Giants players, in terms of their, you know, how legitimate or belief in this new head coach, Brian Dable? Yeah, I mean, you have to like it just from the, the culture standpoint of it, right? I mean, you know, this, this Brian Dable's been saying from day one he's going to be an aggressive coach. He's going to he's going to play these games to win. He, he's going to take chances, and <laughs> here he is, his first opportunity. He's on the road. He's facing a really good Tennessee team. You know, he he's, he scores the go ahead touchdown, and it, it's funny you're watching this. You know, I don't know if it was on if you saw it on TV, but the referees are bringing that ball out to the 15 yard line to kick the extra point. Well, the Giants' offense never left the field. I mean, it was never a question whether or not they were going to go for two. And this is something that Brian Dable told them, you know, in the in the team meeting before the game. He told them all all summer that he was going to do this, and that's exactly what he did. You know, he, he dialed it up. He went for two, called the perfect play, gave the ball to Saquon Barkley, who was having a phenomenal game. Um, Barkley, you know, did what he so rarely had done the last few years. He just bullied into the end zone. It was, it was just a perfect moment for uh, – for a rookie head coach, and you know you have to like that. If, if you're a Giants fan, I know there's you know, again a lot of weak one overreactions in the NFL, but it was a really great start. Yeah, for a Giants team that you know doesn't win in Week One, um, 
you know, in terms of an overreaction, it's a win. So so that's different in and of itself. You know, for people who did not watch Brian Dable's postgame press conference and, and some of the reaction, you know, Dable's comments, the players' comments, um, what you're referencing that Dable had been telling them, I'm going for it. But beyond that, even in this game, um, you know, can you take us through what he said, you know, his sort of comments and, and how he talked to his players and the players' reaction when he said, are you okay if we go for it? Yeah, no, it, it was kind of funny. And I think the best, the best one was, was Saquon Barkley himself. And you know, he said he kind of, he was running off the field and he looked into uh, Brian Dable's eyes and there was just that moment, that glance, that moment of acknowledgement where he knew that he was going to go for two and all the players knew it was going to happen. Uh, I mean, he talked to, they, they told, he told his coaches, Hey, we're going for two. If we score here, you know, come up with your best play. I mean, he was just clear the entire way that this was what they were going to do. It was never in doubt. You know, I think that puts some confidence in And look, he admitted himself that this, this could have backfired. Yeah. There's no question that, you know, it's a 50, 50 play could have, could have been stopped. Giants offensive line is still not the greatest in the league. I mean, there's a lot of things that could go wrong. He could have been standing up there explaining this uh, decision that that failed, and to go zero and one, and to to go against uh, you know to go against what's conventional wisdom to play for overtime. And I mean, he was he said he was comfortable with that, and he was prepared for that. Uh, and I think that's part of it as well, you know, to see that we're going to see some losses for Brian Dable here. We're going to see how he handles those too, but. But uh, in week one, at least, you know, we saw the other side of it, and it pays off sometimes to be aggressive. And I, I think the other thing that was interesting for Brian Dable, so often we get from some of the coaches that we've had in, in our area, but all around the league, you get a lot of um, coach speak. And that's okay. We're all right. used to it and conditioned to it. You get the standard pat answers for everything. I also found it interesting, and I think this was part of um, the story that you wrote that I think is going to be in tomorrow's, you know, it's up now at NJ.com and, and tomorrow's ledger, is Brian Dable showed us some humanity beyond the coach yeah. speak in some of the answers and responses after the game. And um, were you were you kind of surprised that beyond just, hey, it's one game and whatever, that he actually talked about the meaning of this for him? Yeah, a little bit, and you know, he'd been very close to the vest and very, you know, uh, coaching uh, cliches for much of training camp. Didn't want to reveal too much, but yeah, for for those who don't know, Brian Dable was raised by his grandparents in suburban uh, Buffalo, and they both died within a three week period uh, last fall, uh, including his grandfather, who who died. You know, he found out his grandfather died when he was flying down on the team plane. Uh, you know, before game in Tennessee. So obviously it was on his mind. Uh, but during the, during the field goal, during the missed field goal at the end of the game, you know, the game at that point was out of his hands. There's nothing he could do. 47 year old field goal. Tennessee makes it. He loses his debut, but on his necklace, on his chain that he wears all the time, uh, there's a cross and there's a small urn that has some of the ashes from his grandmother. Uh, and during the moments before the field goal, he grabbed that with his hand and he looked up to the sky and clearly was looking, he said he was looking for some divine, you know, divine intervention <laughs> there. Um, yeah. And he was very emotional in telling the story. It was clear that, you know, these are the two most important people in his life. Uh, they weren't here to see this, but I think he believes that they were in some way responsible for what happened. And it was, it was a tender moment, very nice moment. Uh, one that he, you know, kind of volunteered and elaborated on a little bit in the locker room. Uh, 
And you're right. It does give a little humanity to them, and, and that's kind of something we don't see a lot from uh, NFL coaches who try to keep these things very close to the vest. Talking to Steve Politi about the Giants and a surprising week one win. And what did you take away from Daniel Jones's performance on Sunday? How do you interpret that? Uh, you know, I mean, it was uh, a mixed bag, to put it mm-hmm. yeah. mildly. I mean, he was sacked five times. He fumbled once. You know, I think the one play that, that it's just inexcusable is the throw in the end zone that was picked off, and the Giants recovered a muff punt, and you thought that that was going to be their opportunity. Uh, to come back and win, you know, at least tie this game and get it, get back in it. And he threw the interception. That was just, yeah, it was just a, just a bad throw. That uh, the whole, the whole play, everything about it was just, was just not right. Uh, but he did bounce back. You know, I mean, give, give him credit for that. This is someone who he could have let that uh, bother him. He did not. The Giants had a, you know, great seventy-three yard drive to get in the position to score the go-ahead. Touchdown and Jones had a, you know, he, he on fourth and one, they called his number and he, he ran a nice little, uh, nice little play to the sideline to get the first down. So, you know, I think that there's enough in it that would be confidence builder for him. But, you know, I think if the Giants are being honest, uh, it, uh, it wasn't a great game. And any, um, you know, I'm trying, you know, trying to understand as I look at this Giants offense, the lack of usage for, Kadarius Tony, who still right. seems to be the most talent, you know, Saquon Barkley and Kadarius Tony, and I think then there's a big drop off in talent for everybody else that's out there. Um, yet he was not a big factor. And how much of this is he did? I know he didn't practice a lot, and obviously, um, in you know, had been hurt in preseason. But is do, are you under the impression is the coaching staff sort of sending him a message? I mean, they wouldn't say that. Dable wouldn't say that. But yeah, I think that's what's happening here. Yeah, no question. He only played seven snaps. Uh, he was on the sideline for for most of the first half, walking around with his helmet in hand. You know, uh, and I definitely did. If you listen to uh, Dable's comments afterward, it was essentially, yeah, you know, we're going to play the wide receivers want to play, and he might be the guy next week, and he might not be the guy next week. It was mm-hmm. essentially a very non-committal answer. It certainly was not. You know, the, hey, this guy's really talented, and we want to get him out there. It was uh, we've got other, we've got other players we might use, and he might be one of them. And I think that's definitely a message, and it's a good message. And, and then that's what they should say. They, you know, this this current regime didn't draft him. You know, I think there's still a lot of questions about whether he knows his offense. And, and then week one, at least, they didn't need him. So that's you know that's a very clear message to Kadarius Tony that uh, you know he is not. Uh, if he doesn't come up and show up and practice and, 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 and perform, that he's not going to be out there. And one, uh, one player certainly who you know Daniel Jones um, was happy to see back out there, but Sterling Shepard, and you, know, you, you keep thinking the Giants will move on and they'll draft wide receivers and Shepard is always hurt and all of this, and then it's the 65-yard uh, touchdown play to Sterling Shepard, and he just is still um, that kind of old reliable. But, um, you know, ha- I-, I thought there was something, you know, for all of the new blood and who the Giants may have drafted and all of this at the end of the game, there the first two players, I, I think, um, that there was Brian Dable hugging on the sideline, and it was um, Sterling Shepard and-, and Saquon Barkley. And there sort of seemed to be... Um, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, a strong symbolism there. Oh, absolutely. No, no question. And, and Sterling Shepard, 
you know, more than Saquon Barkley, more than anybody, really. He was, he was the, the last guy on the team who played in the playoff game, you know, uh, suffered through injuries, uh, wasn't sure if he'd be back out there in a lot of ways, you know. So, yeah, I was, that was great to see. I think he's, a, he's really a well-respected, well-liked guy on that team. You know, and it was kind of a broken play, but I mean, you know, great. Good for him. He got behind the defense. Uh, Jones found him, broke one tackle, 65 yards. Yeah, that's, that's the kind of play that, you know, any offense, but certainly an offense that has struggled like the Giants offense has in the last few years. You know, you gotta remember they didn't have him. I mean, that's one of the reasons why the Giants offense has been bad. They didn't have a reliable target like Sterling Shepard out there. So that's a, that's a, that's a positive. You know, you're right though. It was, it, there certainly were a lot of different guys they were using. And, uh, it, it, we, yeah. So to have him back there and have him, you know, at least contributing in some way was important. And, you know, the Giants may have scored 21 points in the second half, but the defense held Tennessee to only seven points in that se- second half. Um, so nice job by Dable and Mike Kafka with the offense, but, um, how how about the job that Wink Martindale did without his two starting pass rushers? Right. And yeah. honestly, you look at this Giants defense, and even more so than the <clears throat> offense, there's just not a lot of talent. And yet, uh, a smoke and mirrors, I don't know what they did, but um, how, right. how did they stop Tennessee in the second half? Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. And I I, I totally agree not having you know, Kevin Thibodeau out there. And, and yeah, I think mean, getting rid of... Uh, you know, starting linebacker yeah. Martin before the season. I mean, yeah, it was it, everything about it was you. I have very low expectations for that defense, uh, but holding uh, Derrick Henry was okay. But he wasn't certainly wasn't a great game. If you had him on your fantasy football team, you certainly weren't celebrating this performance that kept him in check. Uh, but let's face it, I mean, Tennessee wasn't good either. I mean, they made a lot of mistakes. A lot of holding calls, mm-hmm. a lot of miscommunications. Just they, they seem like they were out of sync. And that last, I mean, the last possession, I don't know what they were doing. <laughs> they wasted a lot of time. Uh, they they it intentionally seemed to lose three yards on a field goal attempt to make it 47 yards to win the game. I mean, this is this is if you were in Tennessee right now, you're like, how do we lose that game? They they definitely are lamenting that, and the Giants defense did let uh, Tennessee move into field goal range in the last minute, but still. You know, I mean, that's, that's not, they did, Tennessee didn't win the game. And so it was a good, it was certainly something to build on for, uh, for Wink Martindale. Yeah. It's, um, it's a bad loss for Tennessee. As good as it's a win for, for the Giants, it is a bad loss, um, for, uh, for Tennessee. Um, all right. Last one before I let you go, just, um, Saquon Barkley and just, you know, the return of, Barkley and to have this sort of dynamic game, 194 yards from scrimmage, um, you know, he's he's been he seemed to all throughout training camp have this um, almost a, an anger uh, chip on his shoulder that seemed different than what we've seen from him earlier in his career. Um, I, I in your in your eyes, did this almost seem like a better version of Saquon Barkley, even than the version we saw as a rookie, as dynamic as that player was? This one wasn't the dancing sideways. This was a guy who was taking what was there, all running north, and then still having the ability to bust the big play. Yeah, I mean the two point conversion play was the perfect example. I mean, he had, his face mask was grabbed. 
he managed to shake loose of that and then drill a Tennessee safety at the goal line to get in the end zone. Yeah, absolutely. And I know he's very sensitive about the, the idea that he was dancing and that he wasn't, you know, getting these tough yards, but I mean, it wasn't like <laughs> the, the box scores and, and the tape, you know, this wasn't subjective. I mean, that was just what was happening. And then, you know, I think about the game in week two last year in Washington when the Giants had a chance to, to, to win that, that week. And, you know, they had a late drive in, in deep in Washington territory and they handed to him twice and he got a yard and he got two yards and they settled for a field goal. And at that moment, you're like, well, they're putting the ball in his hands to win the game and he couldn't do it. And, that, and this week it was the exact opposite. And this game was the exact opposite. They put it in his hands. He, threw the Giants on his back, and he carried this team. He got better as the game went on, and that's what good running backs do. So I think that is by far the most encouraging thing for the Giants. You know, again, week one overreactions, uh, and <laughs> who knows what will happen after this. But, you know, if, if he if this is really what, say, Quan Barkley is, then I think this team can be much better than people expect. Yeah, and on a day when De- he shared the field with Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley looked like the best player on the field on Sunday. And, you know, yeah, if we can, if that can be something that continues, then, yeah, maybe the Giants, uh, we have to redo those five-win predictions um, (laughs) that that some of us, like me, uh, may have had for Yeah, me too. I'm right there with you. (laughs) You're not alone there. (laughs) Um, Steve Politi. Uh, it's been a long time, but uh, going back to some Rutgers days together. Um, appreciate you hopping on, and uh, thanks so much. And if you haven't caught uh, Steve's article, a really good one, a touching story on Brian Dable at, at NJ.com. Thanks for staying up with us. Talk to you soon. No problem, Larry. Thank you. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.